Thank you so much for downloading this podcast. Do you know that God's word has the ability to make you what it talks about? As you listen to this sermon by Tikatoni, it is our prayer that you will filled with faith, hope, and love. God bless you. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. Shall we read it, please? One, two, go. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth, and he adds no trouble to it. Bless God. Now, I'll be telling you today on the blessing of the Lord, I'll be telling you all you have is all you need. Tell someone next to you, all you have is all you need. Tell the person like you already knew what I was going to say and now you were just counseling the person and empowering them. All you have is all you need. Bless God forever. Good, good, good. Please be seated. Thank you. Hmm. All you have. I mean, we've been saying this, all you have is all you need. All you have is all you need. And we've been giving some snippets, right? There is nothing more beautiful about a movie than preview. It, when the preview, preview is done right, everybody wants it. How many of you are looking forward to some things this year, some movies this year? <laughs> the preview helped, didn't it? <laughs> All right. And the Lord loves to do those kind of things. Nobody has directed, produced, and created a better movie than God. Nobody in the earth, literally. Well, not to say our lives are a movie, but I mean, when everything is already finished before it starts, what do you call that? I wouldn't know if that's. I mean, that's the easiest way to define a movie, right? I mean, it's it's it's, you know, and then for the real good actors, they give you chance to be creative while acting. All right? But everything generally goes according to script. You can just see the beautiful drama of God. <laughs> I mean, the Father, that just does things in amazing ways. The drama is just amazing. And then here and there, he gives previews. Preview. He will just give a preview of the future. He will give a preview of the redemption. Ah, the children of Israel longed for the full movie. Men, the kings and the prophets, they waited for the full movie. You know, the Bible says that these things that we have seen now, it says kings, prophets and even angels. Everybody wanted to view this thing. This this was a blockbuster. (laughs) You understand? The one who will see, the one who will just, let's just view this thing. But no, no, no. All that the father had to show them was previews. Thank God we have the full thing today. Now, we are not watching the movie. We are simply playing our parts to a finished script. God is really wonderful. The concept of all you have is all you need is something that is just so amazing. 
let it be known that while I'm telling you this, I would have you know that the Lord is not to blame for the events in your life. In as much as we may have heard this before, we tend to forget it sometimes, don't we? So we tend to ask the Lord, what happened? Huh? Huh? And we don't ask him what happened because we want to actually know. We ask him what happened because it was his job to not let it happen. <laughs> you understand? Your father is like your your father in heaven is like is like your security for most of you. You you've made him security man. Lord, why? Why did my phone get missing? Why, Lord? And you're sort of telling him, Why well, it is heartless? I mean, I thought you were keeping me. How strange this is. So we have this concept of the sovereignty of God all changed in such a way that God is to blame for everything. You know, that's how the children of Israel saw it too. But you know, even then God was not to blame for anything. Even then God was not to blame for anything. But because they were not in the full picture... They could not know what was responsible. So they had to run to the Lord. Do you get it? Because they did not know the full... You see, we have this concept of the sovereignty of God. That nothing happens. That right now rain is falling because God planned that today rain will fall. God planned it. God planned that today rain will fall. God planned as I was walking on the road today, stone would jam my leg. God must have, God, God knew, God knew this thing would happen. So God kept the stone there. That's how we see the will of God. So, it's especially when it comes to death, matters of life and death. A person is bereaved. And the first thing the pastor says is, the Bible says, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Do you know that that's not the case. No, the Lord didn't give it and take it away. He didn't give it that and, you know, he didn't take it away. Alright? He didn't do it. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. But what he has already done will conform. Or what, what, what he has already done will change what was not in his plan. But everything is not the plan of God. God's not the one that decides who will be poor or rich in life. If you know that, say amen. Your father is not the one who decides who is born paralyzed. Or who is born asthmatic. Or who is born sickle cell anemic. He's not the one who decides those things. He's not the one. He's not to blame. The sovereignty of God is to be understood. I've said this before and I love to say so many things like this because when I start telling you about this, you would get to understand why I am telling you. Alright? Why it is not God's job to make you rich. And it is not God's job to heal you. Nice, right? It's not his job. 
Why? Is it not his job to heal you? Because he has already done it. Remember that one time I told you that everything that he needed to do has already been done. Is it not? The Bible says that his works were finished before the foundation of the earth. This means that Jesus healed everyone, raised every dead, prospered everyone, blessed everyone, increased everyone before they were born. And this is not just the case for Jeremiah. When he said to Jeremiah, before you were born, I knew you. Before you were formed in your mother's womb. Did you see? He says, I knew your name. I knew everything about you. He says, and the plans that I have. Do you see? The Lord has his plans for your life. The Lord has his plans for your life. But I need you to understand very, very importantly that everything that is going on doesn't make it the plan. There are things that happen as a result of your choices. And these things constitute a big part of walking in the plan of God. Our choices are so valuable that the Lord gave us the capacity to choose two of the most powerful things that are in the existence of the spiritual world and the physical world, life and death. He says, choose life and death with your tongue. <laughs> Even told you the tool to use. Then again, Joshua says, choose. He now comes with the most important thing and makes it like it's not even important. I told you that with God, the most important things are still a choice. He says, choose you this day whom you will serve. How, how does serving... How does serving the Lord become a matter of choice? Well, that's that for you. It's all matter. So you see that your choices are very important. Tell your neighbor your choices are important. Okay? Your choices are important. God's not killing anybody. God, God did not cause earthquakes and the tsunamis that have happened in several countries and all the, the, the killings that have gone in Boko Haram. God is not sitting somewhere and saying, let them go for a while and then I will send somebody that will go and stop them. That's not what the Lord is doing. That's not what the Lord is doing. If there is so much wickedness in the world, if there is so much darkness in the world, if there is so much evil in the world, why hasn't God done anything? There is so much hunger everywhere. Why, if there is a God, why is he silent? He's not silent. He's not silent. He has never been silent. And he will never be silent. But then what is it? He has fixed everything. He has fixed everything. It's amazing to understand that all the solution to the problem in the world is in the redemption. All the solution to the problem in the world and in your life is in the redemption. And if men will not believe upon the redemption of Christ, then they may never have the solutions that they need. So many people are looking for a God who is going to send lightning that is going to kill Boko Haram. But he sent his son, the greatest weapon. Do you get it? They are looking, they are hoping, Lord, why don't you just send down fire to burn them? But he sent 
I like the way John says it. He says, there is one who is coming who is greater than I. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He sent fire. Send down fire. Fire came. His name was Jesus. <laughs> he sent down fire. And that fire consumed the works of darkness. He consumed it in the physical world when he was limited. When he went into the spirit, he entered into the realms of darkness and consumed them. Finished the job without the help of the other trinity and any of the angels. Then came out and sent the Holy Spirit to you. Who is exactly like him. So everything that the Lord wants done is in the redemption. Shall you do you believe in the redemption? The Bible says in the book of Corinthians, 7 Corinthians chapter 1, or 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse the last verse. It says, Christ has become unto us wisdom and sanctification and redemption. Why these three things? Why did he put redemption? Redemption is big. Inside redemption, he didn't say Christ has become healing. Christ has become deliverance. Christ has become prosperity. You see, all these things come out of the one word called what? Redemption. Say, Christ is my redemption. Say, Christ is my redemption. Glory. <laughs> Alright, praise God. So, let's start here now. Why am I telling you this? Why am I telling you this? I hope you don't get cold. And I hope you don't get cold too. Why am I telling you all of these things, guys? Let me tell you why I'm telling you this. I'll tell you why I'm telling you this. Because everything that you... If, if, if the Lord has fixed everything that needs to be fixed in the finished work of Jesus, if he has solved every problem that needs to be solved in the finished work of Jesus Christ, then everything that you need for a great life for a pleasant life, for a glorious life, for a life of rest, for a life of health, for a life of power, for a life of purpose, for a life of plenty, for a life of many, for a life of much, for a life of abundance, shall I go on? Everything that you need is in the word of God. We know it's in the word of God, but let's move further than that. Everything that you need is already in your hands. Everything that you need. Say, all that I need is in my hand. Don't worry. Just relax first. You see, why am I telling you that? Today, as in all other teaching series, I would often tell you that it is very important that you let what you have learned replace something that you are thinking is it not if it does not successfully replace it then there's going to be issues if it does not replace it then you may have knowledge but then knowledge that does not come with results how many of you are tired of knowledge that doesn't have results Honestly, if you are, just, just say an amen with your hands up, man. <laughs> I am, if, if you're tired, I'm devastated. Like, I am devastatingly tired. 
you just get to a point where you just ask yourself, what's the use of all these things I've known? What's the use of all these things I've known? It's not working. My life is the same. See our family. Okay, have you ever gotten to a point where you just ask yourself, why pray yourself? If God will not answer, why should we pray? <laughs> if the answer is by luck, do you know some people, to some people it's like luck? You don't know whether that day God's pin code will enter. <laughs> yeah. So you die out. Then you find ah today God answered me. Praise the Lord. Alright? We just we just we just got tired. Man, I'm just telling you that, that just that just really, really sucks. Okay. But then what works will work because it is in you, it is for you, and it is with you. What works will not work just because you know it up here. Somebody one time asked me and said, after coming out of mathematics department, where can you work? <laughs> Other than being a teacher. I said, well, for a lack of better words, it will not help me. He said, why won't it help you? I said, first of all, I cannot remember the course codes. I cannot remember the name of lecturers. I cannot remember the look of my classroom. Everything I did was this. <laughs> and then, nothing. But then there are those ones who did not do that. There are those ones who saw mathematics in nature. There are those ones who understood it as an inextricable part of life. And those people will tell you, your whole life is mathematics. Every time you, you dress, you are solving maths. You are attempting to match colors. This is statistics. Those people will tell you that there is no day in your life you don't solve maths. You count. Your brain solves mathematics unconditionally. With every step you take, you are solving very complex algorithms of 14 billion neurons calculating the exact amount of steps you need to achieve your movement. Those things are calculating. Somebody will now say mathematics is life. The person will say mathematics is life. God started on a mathematical note. That's what that person would say. Now, you see, the difference between me and that dude <laughs> is far, <laughs> very far away. Because I look at mass and I'm like, yuck. He looks at mass and he's like, life. What's the difference? See, he has become bonded with it. It works for him now. All of a sudden, he's useful. Ask Chikeobi. At the point where mass could only afford Nigerians mathematic, mathemat, uh, mathematics jobs as teachers, one man broke a national record and became OON in Nigeria and became other stuff and became a professor highly sought after in the world because he believed that life was mathematical. I remember my uncle telling me, my grandma rather, telling me, listen, you, you, I'm not telling you stories, just listen. 
my grandma told me once that when okay my granddad that when he was when Chikeobi was young he used to stay close to their compound and that Chikeobi came out before he wrote school sat and would be shouting in the streets of the village he would be shouting in the streets of the village i am the greatest mathematician ever known i am the greatest mathematician ever known i will shake on and the world with mass he said then they were laughing at him but he failed every other subject but mass not that he failed but compared to his grades from secondary school he was having 100 over 100 mathematics down to what we know as ssc 100 got into the university went into pure mathematics and kept having a's from his first year till his final years and never had a b and finally came back and said on the day he graduated he came back to the same streets in the village and shouted i am the greatest mathematician in nigeria that thing that is nonsense to you is life to him this my friends is the same thing with the practicality of the word of god the word of god is not alive to all because many people don't let the word to change remember they don't get renewed in the spirits of their mind i told you i told you that the messages that you've been hearing listen to them again 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 first of all the first test that is beginning to change something is that when as you listen to you start getting sick of hearing it good now you are at level one then continue until you are on sick you are not at level two <laughs> then continue until you know it very well and you find yourself just doing it you have arrived in quotes but some of you the moment you, you don't even wait till you get tired you know you just let us play a small song first <laughs> the lord is going to bless you all in jesus name look at the book of genesis chapter 38 genesis chapter 38 genesis chapter 39 that's what i said right oh what did you i don't know what you heard <laughs> okay so i was saying genesis 39 please don't get yourselves into error i don't know what you guys are hearing lord is you know blessing you we're gonna read from verse one please from verse one it says and joseph was brought down to egypt and potiphar an officer of pharaoh captain of the guard an egyptian brought him of the hands of the ishmaelites are you there which had brought him down teacher now look at the second verse and if you might please you can read it with me if you want and the third verse want to go 
And the Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. I just hold on. Wait a minute. Let me read that in the King James. It says, and the Lord saw, and his master saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Listen, I told you before, that everything you need is in your hand. (laughs) Everything you need is in your hand. Everything you need is in your hand. Now, I want you to first observe that this is the case of a prisoner slave. Not just a prisoner. But what? A prisoner slave. A slave who was bought. That means, by all indication, until the day he dies, he is a property. This is the property of Potiphar being talked about here. (laughs) And the Bible is telling us that this man was a successful man as a slave. In what planet have you heard those two definitions mixed together? Successful slave. (laughs) Prosperous prisoner. Think about this. Where have you heard such a thing? I'll tell you where. Only in the blessing. (laughs) Glory to God. Only in the blessing. Can you hear two immixable things? Two immixable things mixing together and sounding wonderful. So the Bible says that as a slave, this young man was prosperous. And guess what, guess what, guess what, guess what? The master saw it. He was not told. He saw that this boy was prosperous. Now, I want you to understand the job of a slave. It's not solving mathematics. There's no grades. He was fetching water, cooking food, sweeping the house. <laughs> How does the Lord prosper that? No, it's not different. How many of you have ever had nannies before in your house? If you've ever had a nanny, you know what I'm saying. If you've ever even been a nanny, you know what I'm saying. I mean, all I do is cook, sweep, clean cobwebs, wash dishes, clothes. How does a man prosper in all that? Do the clothes get crisp white? (laughs) How does the floor look when it's done like heaven? Does it turn to gold while he's sweeping it? What, what, how, what did this, can you, no, can you fathom this right now? Can you fathom this mighty miracle from the blessing? Can you fathom it? No, think about it. He watched the bedroom and this man entered inside and saw that the Lord was with him. How? Please help me ask your neighbor, how? How is this possible? 
I will tell you. Jesus answers that question by saying, With man, this is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. To prosper from that? Oh, no, no. You see, <laughs> if, you, if, if Joseph could prosper from that, I, I'm telling you, your life is something else. I, I don't know if I can get an amen. But I'm telling you, your life is something else. Your life is something else. So the Bible now says that. Now, that's the first premise I want to come. And I want to tell you that from that portion of scripture, it first of all defines prosperity. That prosperity is not about how much you have. That prosperity is not about how much you don't have. That prosperity is not about the big job. And prosperity is not about the small job. Prosperity is an identity. Prosperity is an identity that comes from the blessing of God. I want you to say to yourself, I am prosperous. Come on, say that again. I am prosperous. Say, I am successful. You see, this is not an achievement. This is an identity from redemption. You have to know. You see, before you walk in prosperity, you have to know who you are. Don't start out with an identity crisis. You see, that's why we keep... That's why we keep wishing people success in their exams. You don't wish a successful man success. How do you wish him? Is it a matter of luck? Wish? Wish me? <laughs> I give people success by saying be blessed. And now you wish me success? How do you do that? See, when I'm done teaching you this today, please don't be careful how you talk because it's going to sound like you are lofty. <laughs> okay? You have to speak. The Bible says the Bible says that we should speak with wisdom. <laughs> please, because some of you <laughs> Some of you go the extra mile. You know what I mean. You go so far, people can't touch you. Just hold on a minute, alright? There are some things that are better said with results than with words. You don't tell somebody, don't wish me luck. No, 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 no. Don't tell. Don't, just smile and say thank you. They just, they just spoke true to your, to your nature. It's like someone said, that, someone said to this guy, just imagine someone said to this guy, I wish you a boyish life. I wish you manly existence. No, the first thing that <laughs> I, I like the look of your face. You're just like, what? Boyish life? First of all, that doesn't even make sense. Manly existence? That's who I am. I'm a man. I'm a man. Are you understanding me? 
Alright? The wisdom from him is not to answer that man. It's to just say thank you. Lest it produce unnecessary arguments. The Bible says to the pure, all things are pure. But to the defiled and unbelieving. And I do not believe there is a defiled and unbelieving person here. But someone who is defiled and unbelieving will be someone who does not believe that the word of God is as accurate as it says it is. And by that, let's assume now that the person just says, I wish you a manly existence. Then he says, but I'm a man. Then the person says, have you not seen transgender? Defiled and unbelieving. Is that the normal case? That's not normal. This is a normal human life. A man is a man. You see, there are people like that. Have you not seen them? If you are like that, <laughs> please don't treat the word of God that way. Probably stop it in your private life so it doesn't seep in there. Alright? So prosperity, prosperity is actually, see, listen, the book of Third John, verse 2 says, I wish above all Above all else. I'm thinking now. Above all else. That you prosper. And be in health. As your soul prospers. Observe this. Listen to this dear friends. Listen to this again. Just look at me. I wish. Listen, listen with the ears of English language. I wish above all else. That you prosper. And be healthy. As your soul prospers. Who is saying something there? As your soul prospers. He's not saying that you prosper as you do business. He's saying that your prosperity and health is equal to your soul's prosperity. This is because it's who you are. It's because it's who you are. If you understand me, say amen. amen. You are successful. It is not a prophecy. Listen, if you go somewhere or you're walking on the road and somebody walks down to you and says, the Lord told me that you'll be, you'll, you'll be successful in life. Your face is like, uh-huh. When did I need a prophet for that? That I will be great in life. No, no, no. God did not ask me to chase greatness. He says, if you, he said to Abraham, if you will do all that I have commanded you, I will make your name great. Greatness is just a result. <laughs> That's some hallelujah stuff, you know, but, but I'll let that pass. <laughs> greatness is just, see, <laughs> greatness is just the result of your life. You don't, Pursue greatness. Why are you going after greatness? Jesus said, The one who shall be called great in the kingdom of God, in the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 18 and 19, it is he that shall be called great in the kingdom, is he that will teach and do the word. Great. Greatness is not hard. Tell your neighbor, greatness is not hard. See, you see, people need a lot. Have you seen books on greatness that are this gigantic? Yes, there are those books of greatness that are that big. But all you need is two words. Three words. You are great. <laughs> Just those three words are complete. I mean, I remember one time, 
hearing of the most cynic i can't remember the, but it was one of uh, a book that i read of some time ago that the book had a very fancy name the most empty book in the world the name of the book was fancy the decoration was amazing and the book sold the book sold for years every page was empty but it was a bestseller see I, me too i don't understand westerners but <laughs> it was a bestseller it was so empty it was full of mystery <laughs> <laughs> the, it only had words at the beginning in the front and words at the end conclusion for such a big book produced by a very reputable publishing house now you see <laughs> you see i believe that at, at some point that makes sense i mean we just need to see just one thing Sometimes we, are, we believe that we need a lot of things, isn't it? So that's the first thing that I want you to know. Okay? That everything that you will ever need, everything you will ever need for success is not just a tool. The equipping for a life of success was attached to your genetics. It was attached to your human physiology. It was then attached to your spirit. And then attached to your soul. This means that success is who you are. It is not what you do. It must begin there. It must begin there. This is why what you have is a successful life. An abundant life because you are not achieving success you are living out success tell your neighbor you are living out success are you telling that person that you are living out success tell that person again amen this is just amazing this is so amazing from the Word of God the Word of God has thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of testimonies that present to us the truth that everything we would ever need in our lives are already first within our nature and then within our obedience prosperity i want to sound this to you again and again so that those of you who may be writing exams you will not dare to ask God for success. If I asked some of you here, write down something, and the Lord told me right now that as you're writing it, he'll do it. Number one, success in my exams. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Now, that's just amazing. I'm not saying that you can ask, but I'm saying if you want to ask, ask. There's, there's different kinds of knowledge. And what I mean by different kinds of knowledge, there's just knowledge that isn't perfect yet and perfect knowledge. And you're only asking because you do not know that which is perfect. 
But a man does not ask for air. Fish does not ask for water. And saints do not request success. It is in my nature. Say that. In the book of Matthew chapter 14. In the book of Matthew chapter 14. Beginning at verse 13 down to verse 20. Open your Bibles, please. Make sure that throughout the series you follow me in reading. Open your Bibles, if you please. Matthew chapter 14. This is a very popular testimony. I'll begin at verse 15, but make sure you write at verse 13 so you can look at it on your own later. Verse 15 says, As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, there is, This is a remote place, a very far place. It's getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. And look what Jesus said in the, in the 18th verse. Bring them here to me. Now, this is the record of... You need to get the record straight. This is not the record of 4,000 people being fed. This is the record of 4,000 men being fed. Women and children not counting. So says the word. It's the record. And they were being fed by what? I like the way one, um, one of the testimonies in the book of Mark says it. He says it like this. He said, and he asked Philip. He said, from where are we going to buy all these people food? Okay, in the book of John. And he said to him, Lord, I don't know. <laughs> He said, even if we had a year's salary for everybody here, it would not be enough to feed them. I want that to hold your imagination. A year's salary for everybody. The combination of everybody's yearly success will not be enough to just give them one meal. Not day and night. Just one meal. Oh my goodness. Think of this dire situation right now. Think of that. And then the Lord said to him, then where would we get it? Guess what he said. Andrew said, he said, Lord, there is nothing. He said, except for these four loaves. Is it four loaves? Five loaves and two fish. That this, he brought a he brought a child snack. That child must have been a glutton. <laughs> Five loaves. <laughs> Someone one time said, I don't. I'm sure the person was joking. Was like, was he a gigi or something? You know, those huge ife loaves and all. That. But this kid took five loaves. 
I bet you it was not big. And the reason it wasn't big was that he couldn't have been carrying it like that, okay? It was snack. It was snack because he was going to hear the word. And the parents knew those were prepared parents. Other parents were not prepared. They did not see themselves staying three days and nights. Hmm. That's another thing on its own. Let's leave the magnitude of the word. Let's leave that. They didn't see it coming. Some people might, those guys might have had the experience. They said, take five loaves, two fish. When you get hungry, boy, eat. And now, everybody is saying there's nothing. And Andrew suddenly brings up a solution. That I'm sure when the other disciples heard it, Peter would have said, Lord, you see why we, I didn't want him on our clique? <laughs> we, we, we bring the wrong people in. We are discussing serious matters. This is one of the things that can make bad publicity for our ministry. Now, and you know Jesus, you know in those days they were hoping Jesus would be physical king. And you know this is how our political thing goes up. If we feed these people, it will say well in the public eye. And you said five loaves. You are bringing a child's snack as solution. Even the man who said it felt stupid. You know why he felt stupid? He said, there are five loaves and two fish, but what is it compared to all these people? And Jesus said the same thing here in that place. He said, bring it to me. It was enough. Wait. Let me show you what made it enough. Let's keep reading. We are the 16th verse. Bring them here, he said, the 18th verse, 19. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Do you, do you, do you see something? He gave thanks and broke the loaves. I... I I don't know how to present this matter to you. <laughs> because some of, some of you don't get it. Who has the King James there? The, the, oh, the, the new King James. I don't know what that says. But somebody saw that thanks there. Because that's the actual word that is used. Let me read it to you. Is that what the new King James says? Look what it says. It says, and he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed and break the blessing. He blessed and break. What did he do? He blessed. Yes, I understand. It's the King James that said break. I didn't say it. He blessed it and broke it. Right in this place, we see thanksgiving and blessing switched. But the first thing that this shows us is that when the blessing comes upon a thing, it is never enough. It is more than enough. It is now abundant. The Lord does not do enough stuff. The Lord does abundantly. It is unto him that is able to do 
exceeding abundant listen listen we make a mistake whenever we quote that portion of scripture and when you have your own private time go check it for yourself i'll tell you where but i'll quote it to you this is how we quote it unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think be glory by christ jesus wrong that's the first this is the second second set of people that quote it wrong unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us mightily wrong does not say that why is there a break in the exceeding there is no break in the bible it is this unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly you don't understand these two extremes being in one statement only the bible does these things <laughs> it's it's crazy i mean successful slave exceeding abundant <laughs> <laughs> this is not fair this is the blessing <laughs> it's not fair it's just the blessing do you see why i tell you dear friends that all you need is all you have there is testimony again of brother of the children of israel hmm now the children of israel one day the bible says that because of the mixed multitude let me show it to you open your bibles please if you're being blessed say amen Amen. are you there exodus 12 please Being there, the Bible says that one day, while there was a mixed multitude, that because of the mixed multitude, the mixed multitude incited the children of Israel and told them and said, We've been eating what is this? Manna means what is this? We've been eating what is this for a long time. Is that all? And in that manner was every nutrient they needed. And this was these were the children of the blessing. Without jobs, without skills, without trade, eating every day for 40 years. Their job was traveling and obeying. <laughs> 40 years. Now listen so this mixed multitude began to incite them then the bible said that the children of israel man those guys were so gullible don't be gullible don't be moved by facebook don't be moved by the mixed multitude the mixed multitude are those who don't believe but may be christians they don't believe the same thing but they must be they may be christians somebody said one time i went to a place to um, preach on sunday when i went to preach 
the brother who was talking said something that touched me in my soul. I mean, it touched me. All right? I felt very emotional. Because he was giving an example and he said, he said that, you see, Bill Gates, the richest man in the world, did he tight? <laughs> uh, the Facebook dude, very rich, did he tight? Oh, I guess he must have tighted to one of the Nigerian pastors. He said that in a mocking tone. And he said, none of those things count. He said, because the children of God are not even the richest. This is when we start using Forbes lists to make mistakes. First of all, let us not start at Nigerian pastors. Let us start. You see, do you know why it seems like the richest men in the world are not on Forbes list who are very well-known believers? Because they don't hoard. They don't hoard. They don't keep. They consistently flow. Let me explain this to you. I'll give you a good example. Let me, okay, let's start at Nigeria. Just our very popular brother who understands the blessing more than many preachers. Brother David Oyedepo said that he made an agreement with the Lord in the 1980s. The Lord said, if you want me to prosper you exceedingly, can you do this with me? He said, yes. The Lord said, all right. Instead of giving me 10%, give me 90 and live on 10. It is that 10% that has built two universities and is building the third one. What's the 90? Just wait. <clears throat> okay? Now, it's that 10%, just the 10%. We have no idea, really, what the 90 is. Now, there is a man called Brother Jesse Duplantis. As at the year 2010, Brother Jesse Duplantis had given 127 passenger carrier planes to ministries. 127. This is 2010. He said he does it every year. <laughs> Alright? Now, supposing he just decides to keep, where would he be on the list? One plane is not a million dollars. It is hundreds of millions of dollars. And he has bought brand new 127 for ministries. Alright, let's even assume it's only a hundred million dollars or only fifty million dollars times one twenty seven. Now let's come to Brother Adeboye. One time this man of God said he said that he sometimes can receive as much as three hundred cars in a month. I made the mistake of calling it a year. Is is that right, brother? You, you know the man. You don't know. That he can receive as much as 300 gifts of cars. And these cars are no mean cars. They are no ordinary cars. These are cars ranging from Rolls Royces to everything. Now, let's just imagine he decides that, okay, in fact, no more giving. 
let's use everything we have then he decides to use those just that monthly 300 as entourage to go for church service how would the road be there's already hold up in lagos now he's coming out just for service and maybe he preaches only twice a week do you know the government might as well create a road for him or ask him to create one for himself There's a man of God called Brother Charles in different in different. Has a conglomerate of 125 companies. <laughs> From airways to fishing. 125 as at 2010. Okay, let's just stop there. Because if we continue, then you would come to understand, dear brethren, that no, in reality, that list is for the sons of men. It's for the sons of men. It's for the sons of men. It's not for you. It's not for you. Brother Chris Oyakilome recently came to uh, Benson Idahosa University. And he came there and was given an honorary degree. And they were about to launch the building of, uh, I think, the, an engineering department, a laboratory. They were about to do, uh, to do that. And when he heard of it, he donated one billion naira. Okay, I don't know what kind of lab they want to build. <laughs> that was exceeding abundant. Recently, he conducted a meeting at Zimbabwe. While the meeting was going on, a woman had just received an amazing miracle. For the first time in public, he says to this woman, he says, the, who was your name? She tells, she says, the Holy Spirit told me right now that I should give you a hundred thousand dollars. That was there and there. He said, please just walk with this man and go and take it. Not from the church, from the man. This, listen dear brethren, this is Zimbabwe. A hundred thousand dollars makes you a trillionaire, not a billionaire. In Nigeria, a hundred thousand dollars makes you a multi-millionaire. <laughs> I, I will tell you, the truth is this. The tr Shall we speak of Brother Kenneth Copeland? Who one day walks around his house. And the day he learned about the blessing, one of the amazing things that the blessing did was, he learned that where there was no water, Isaac dug and found water. He said, then I will command the blessing. In his house that he had been living in for all his life, he began to walk around every morning and say, I decree and I declare crude oil in this place. And he did that for months and invited a company and said, come and check the ground. And there was crude oil. And he became the wealthiest preacher on earth.
Okay. What is the difference between these brethren and you? The difference between these brethren and you is what it really means to them. For some of us, it is right now, you are thinking of all the selfish things you can do. These men simply believe. They are not trying to be great. They are not trying to be great. They just want the word fulfilled. <laughs> That's all. Five loaves and two fish was enough to feed 4,000 men. These Israelites began to cry and they said to the Lord. They cried at the Bible says, and the Lord heard it. Then Moses heard it. That day Moses got angry. Moses got down on his knees and spoke to God. He said, Lord, am I their mother? I quit. That's what he said. He said, am I their mother that they should be crying like this? What kind of mother will even accept them? He said, Lord, I'm tired. I don't want to give. How can I feed them? The Lord was now angry because of what Moses said. The Lord now said, go and tell them that tomorrow they will have so much meat it will come out of their nostrils. What was available? A word. Moses said, Lord, the fighting men in this place alone are 600,000. And all the fish in the nearby sea is not enough to quench their hunger. How will you do this? Oh, but he wasn't doubting. He's gone too far. Do you understand? He's seen too much. <laughs> he has seen too much. He has heard too much. <laughs> You, you, you can't see flames at night following you and wonder how food's coming. As in, and not believe. You may wonder because the wonder remains. But you never doubt. He said, how? And you know what the Lord said to him? The Lord said, leave this matter to me. Go and tell them. That's all I want you to do. For once, the Lord did not explain his techniques to Moses. <clears throat> Moses went out and said, Will you continue to be stubborn? He said, This is what the Lord said. All of you go and sleep. Tomorrow you will eat meat. The Bible said, And all the children of Israel went into their houses, their tents, and slept at night. The Bible says, And the Lord caused a great wind from the east. The birds were supposed to be flying, but they weren't flying anymore. The wind took all the beds from the east. And the wind, the wind took only one kind of bed. <laughs> Selective wind. Who can remember the name of that bird? It took only quails. Are there only quails in the east? The Bible says the Lord caused a great east wind to blow into the camp of the Israelites. And when they woke up in the morning, there was not space to keep the feet. <clears throat> now Moses now said to them, he said, don't, don't take extra and keep. Just take what you need. 
they did not listen. They didn't listen. There was already abundance. They were still selfish. They carried and ate. The Bible said that the quails were heaped upon each other and they could not move. That's how much they were. This one, you were not hunting. You just needed to open your hands or take a pot and swap them in and take it straight to the fire. <laughs> just, just, just anything you do gets meat. Kick like this. <laughs> meat is flying. And they got this meat. But then the Bible says some still hoarded it in. And without fail, overnight, every meat that was hoarded spoiled and killed them. The meat, the meat became so much that David in the psalm said that you gave your people meat that it was more, so much that it came out of their nostrils. They ate meat. Have you ever eaten meat? You almost have meat sickness. A phobia for meat. they became afraid of meat and begged God to take the meat back they begged God please take back your meat and the Bible says God refused see you will eat (laughs) you will eat today this was enough shall we speak about brother Elijah Samson just finishes through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He killed 1,000 of the best Philistine soldiers. And the Bible said he tore them limb upon limb and heap upon heap. This means body parts were everywhere. And he killed them with with a donkey's jawbone. He killed a thousand finest soldiers with a donkey's jaw bone. How dumb can that be? Listen, first of all, that was enough for a victory. <laughs> as long as the Holy Ghost was, com- was concerned, there was no such thing as something being underprepared. Just look around. It's enough. Samson, just look around. Just look around. If you find it, pick it up. You know, if Samson had seen a piece of paper, those guys would have been killed. (laughs) Just run. (laughs) Glory to God. (laughs) Yes. If he had seen a piece of paper, he would have torn them to pieces. It was not in the people. It was in the blessing. It was not in the bone. It was in the Lord. See, you are prosperous. Oh. You are prosperous. See, don't try to be a millionaire. No, 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 no. Don't get limited. Just, just, just look forward to abundance. It is not something in the future. It's not what the Bible says. So, 
Something had just finished. Now, the work was so intensive that even though the power was on him, it had an effect on his body. The Bible said that when something had finished, he was thirsty because he had just killed them in the wilderness at Gaza. He killed them in a desert. The land was dry. He was far from home. Then something, after he was done, he dropped the jawbone. Then he said to the Lord, he said, you've just given me victory. Will you now let test defeat me? The Bible said, and the Lord caused water to come out of the jawbone. How? How? <laughs> listen now, listen. First, successful slave. Exceeding abundance. Now, waterfall jawbone. The Bible said, the Bible says until today that spring remains. I actually still there. The the one of the is one of the strangest sites that is a desert has a spring. Not an oasis, a spring. You don't understand. Where does water find its way in a desert? In a desert. Water is not stored. Even if it's stored, it's too deep under. There's too much sand, but it remains. The water sprang up and he quenched his thirst. You know what? Unlike some of us, Samson didn't need to pick that jawbone so that he would never lack water. It was enough. It's not the jawbone that remains anymore. It's supposed to go through the way of all things, decay. <laughs> but it was enough. It was enough. The Bible says, the Bible says, you have been made born again by not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the word that lives and abides forever. He calls the word seed, seed that is enough to change your health, to change your life. To change your business to change everything he tries to tell you that seed is enough for salvation you see you see you see you see <laughs> you see if you understand what I'm saying this means there is no job that you cannot do don't call any job a menial job Look, look, look. You can go and be a vulcanizer. Just, just stay in the blessing. Just stay in the blessing. No more. Listen, all of you here, gone are those days when you start looking down on jobs. Or when you start looking down on vocations. Or on anything in this world. Nothing is to be looked down on. You know why? See, see, no one is to be looked down on. A man is not poor because he's a vulcanizer. A man is not poor because he's a plumber. A man is not poor because he didn't go to school. A man is poor because he's independent of the blessing. The blessing 
doesn't just make people rich. The blessing is like a curse. It goes from generation to generation. This is the difference between the richest in the world and the blessed ones. While that list may be rigged, when the, ble- the Bible says that the wealth of a righteous man endureth forever, it passes on. It doesn't leave. It will stick to you. <laughs> it will stay. I mean, it will follow you anywhere you go. The Bible says, the blessing, look what the Lord said. Thank you, Jesus. It says, then the blessing shall come upon you and shall overtake you. Hallelujah. How can God be this good? how is it this is stuff that makes people cry how can God be this good he did not prepare for your prosperity he over prepared he made sure that the only thing you could do was to declare yourself independent by your own choices see why I started with choices was to declare yourself independent of the blessing. And the moment you do, it's not his fault. It's not his fault. Now you have to read Napoleon Hill's books. Now you have to read that. Now you have to read. Now Bill Gates has to be your mentor. (laughs) but if I go the way of Jesus brethren these things are true these things are true the word of God is not a lie look look. every time we think about supernatural things now are you seeing so many supernatural things in the blessing you see when we think of supernatural things in the Bible, all we see is miracles, healings, those kind of things. We've not seen supernatural abundance. We've not seen that abundance can be so supernatural the way healings are. That it shocks you. You just get shocked. You can't believe it. The way you can't believe that a lame man walks, just like that. It's not that you can't believe, it's just marvelous. says Isaiah said it is marvelous in our eyes what the Lord had done marvelous we just remain marveled how does one get used to that I I, I was thinking to myself I said how does a man get used to 300 cars a month at least from every corner of the earth One time, I think he was having one camp, one uh, one uh, meeting he usually has in December, and he said that the cars right now are so much that there is no room to pack it. What to do? How can a man have a dilemma like that? No parking space because I'm blessed, not because I bought it. 
There is a sheikh that loves so much cars, he has 2,000 of them as his collection. And a man has 300 a month without asking, without working, without buying. Oh, but who said he's not working? He's laboring in the rest. He's staying in the work. That is the rest. He's staying in the word. He would not dare step out. See, one Abraham lived, Abraham obeyed at 75, started his walk with the Lord at 75, and died at 175. Hundred years of obedience, not one day of thinking. Many of us here today would be able to obey the Lord, say, right now, stand up, my son, and leave this place to a place I will show you. Many of us may be able to do that right now. But this is the thing we would always ask. Just tell me which direction to go. Abraham is told, get up, go to a place I will show you. Has no bearing, but just starts walking. This is amazing. And then we keep saying the reason why people are poor is because of a lack of purpose. No direction in life. So that's why people are poor. But he didn't know where he was going now. <laughs> he didn't know. Look, that's Listen, why he's called the father of faith is that that was the blindest information the Lord ever gave a man. The blindest information. Every single instruction the Lord gave Abraham was too vague. He just never asked questions. He just never thought about it. He was like a kid. Take your son, your only son, the son whom you love. Three things. Your son, your only son, the one whom you love. Emphasis. As though God is trying to get to his emotions somewhere. Is this guy not a human being? It's like like the Lord is thinking that. First I tell him, come out of your father's house. Look, think about it. I don't know this one. We have not met before. I don't know you. The first thing you tell me is your name. Then you tell me move without direction. From idol worshipper to inheritor of the blessing. Instantly. He does not know the Lord. He just comes from a generation that knew the Lord. His forefathers, his father, they are all moon worshippers. All of a sudden, he hears a voice. He hears a voice and sees nothing. He sees nothing. He sees no bright figure. He doesn't hear a deep voice with lightning. He hears a word in his heart. It could have been like a thought. But this voice said, leave everything you have ever known. Everyone you have ever known. The easiest way to succeed is to be around family. Then at least you can survive. Hence why most of us want to go back home and start life. Faith is not hard, though. No, it's not hard. 
You see, the only reason why I'm not having faith right now is because I don't know exactly what the Lord wants me to do. Hey, brother, look, just obey the word now. Just take the word. Start at the word. It is usually on the road of obeying. Obey everything in the word. Live on the word. Forget. Leave purpose for purpose. Just obey the word. It is not purpose that made people prosper. It's not purpose. He walked aimlessly. The Bible says he left uh, in the book of Hebrews. It says these were men who left, boldly calling themselves aliens. Do you know why the Lord the Lord told the Lord told Abraham Abraham something and Isaac something? He said, Leave this land and sojourn in it. He didn't say travel in it. He said sojourn in it. The word sojourn is a Hebrew word that means to stay in the place like it's your own and walk around like you own it. So when he told Abraham sojourn in this land, he lived like he owned it. He lived like a king. Oh, the blessing is real, man. This, 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 these things are no jokes. These things are no jokes. Why, why do you think the church in the book of Acts was so unlimited? It was not a poor church. It was not. Why? Because since they had their Jewish heritage, heritage they didn't need to be taught about the blessing. Now they understood the blessing. Hence, no one lacking in there. Now they understood the blessing. Now they understood the full thing. They had been in the preview. Christ came. Redemption came. They understood the full package. Think about it. How can a man live on 10% and build two universities? And he's now attempting to build. He's currently building the largest covered auditorium on earth that can seat 100,000 people without pillars anywhere. And he designed it himself. Because he's an architect. Thank you for that thunderous silence. That is the size of the biggest stadium in the world. Is it not? The biggest stadium should be owned by Barcelona also. The longest. How many people are there? What's the sitting capacity? Huh? 750,000. Okay. Then my information is wrong. Average, I don't think there's a hundred thousand capacity stadium in Nigeria. Is it seven fifty? It's less, right? Huh? Ninety thousand, not seven hundred and fifty. A stadium that <laughs> I didn't, I didn't just know what to say. But a stadium that can house seven hundred and fifty thousand people is <laughs> a micro country. All right? Yeah, but because I know that it's either bigger than that. And this 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 one person living on ten percent 
<laughs> I honestly, I was just thinking about this testimony and I said, dear Lord, then what's the 90 he gives you? I got to know. How can... I mean, the figures are no more my problem because I can't can't put it around my head. I can't put it around my head. But I can assure you that those figures change whole people's generations. If it is given to you one day, your life, your children, and great-grands are not supposed to ever be poor. Because 10% builds two world-class universities. And there's a third one going on now. They just finished the second one. Is it fair? It's the blessing. It's the blessing. I don't care. It does not matter what you do. It does not matter what you do. Tell your friend next to you, it does not matter what you do. No, no, no. I want you to understand this because a lot of you look down on jobs. You look down on so many things. You look down on these things. You say, no, I can't, I can't start my life like this. You, 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 you don't know what the blessing is. So I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't sell pure water. You, you can't? If, if I may ask, Why? No, if, if I may ask why, because I have a degree. So a degree is more honorable than the blessing. A degree is more honorable than the blessing. You look down on everything. You know, I can't, I can't, I can't. How can me be, be selling mango on the road? You, 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 you what? How can I finish school and be a vulcanizer? You don't understand. No, no, no. Don't leave these things for the poor. That's why the Bible says whatever your hands find to do. I told you it's in your hand. <laughs> Shake three people and say it's, it's in this hand. <laughs> Come on. Tell, tell, shake them very confidently. Ah, my, my, my. Right now, isn't it enough for me to just stop? If you're blessed, say amen. Amen. (laughs) Look at what the Lord said to the children of Israel in the book of Deuteronomy. Open the book of Deuteronomy briefly. Just open the book of Deuteronomy as as I begin to close right now. Am I seeing clearly? What's the time? What? Sorry. I forgot. Who didn't remind me? I didn't know we were 26 minutes past time. I'm so sorry. I apologize. So, so sorry. Deuteronomy chapter 2, please. Deuteronomy chapter 2. I'm really sorry, guys. Now, look at verse 7. And you can read the whole thing later, but look at verse 7 specifically. Did you see that? Who is seeing this? It says, For the Lord thy God hath blessed thee in all the works of thy hand. He knoweth thy walking through this great wilderness. 
for these 40 years the lord thy god hath been with thee thou hast lacked nothing this is 40 years of taking care of jobless people who could not plant because if they plant they have to travel jobless no house people who just waka up and down waka waka in quotes see what he said for the lord thy god hath blessed thee in all the works of thy hand they didn't go to get contracts from other countries to fight on their behalf so they can eat he says for thou lacks nothing 40 years of lacking nothing how can lack be so strange lack so strange lack so strange he says he bless all the work of the hand i want you to know that it's not that they were doing anything really meaningful no doctors do you know that among the children of israel there was not a single healer you know in those days the doctors were called healers there was not a single healer because again if you read you will see where the lord said to them he said if you would do all that i have told you to do and you will keep my word it is i will cause that none of the diseases of the egyptians that you see will come upon you and for 40 years there was no sick person until the day that serpents beat them because of their complaining nobody died of sickness they just died old i want you to think wilderness people not people who have prospects like you not people who have prospects like you if you don't know that all you have is all you need if you don't know that's what that's that that that, that you don't need to run away that any place becomes promised land why because the promise is not in the land the promise is in the man the bible calls you an inheritor of the promise so 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 unless the lord says son move i don't need to because if i stay there and all i need to drink water is the jawbone of an ass i'll get enough and even be able to leave it if all i needed you can do anything brethren you can do anything stop stop looking down. it is not those jobs it is not those things it is not it is not those things it is not those things get your good grades you need them because you've been in school long enough don't waste your parents money don't, don't waste your parents money <clears throat> but don't go thinking that it is degrees that blesses You see, God will use the degree to bless me. It's not biblical. God will use that small thing you have to bless you. It's not biblical. It is the blessing and obedience to the law of the blessing that works. He, I told you, 
No. Can you imagine? Think of a scenario where Abraham fails because he was pumping only tires. Think of that scenario. Is there any way you can imagine this? For pumping tires, he fails. Because he wasn't doing the right job. Or because that's not where God wanted him. We keep saying these things because we are made to look down on everything. We make the blessing come from things and not from the Lord. We forget source and we call resource source. We call good job source. God will bless you through that job. Where did he say it? You are going upward. I said you are going upward. I said you are going upward. Shall we rise up as we pray? God bless you for listening to this anointed sermon of Teacher Tony today. We are excited and would love to hear from you. Kindly share your questions, prayer needs, and praise reports about how this sermon has blessed you. No matter how brief, via our email address at playfan at gmail.com. That is P-L-E-F-A-N at gmail.com. Kindly subscribe and share so the name of Jesus can go far and wide through this ministry. And until next time, God bless you.